What is up, ASM? I am so up ASM. I am so glad to be back with you today. Uh, if you're new here or if it's your first video in a while, we are going through the book of Galatians in our series titled Set Free, Live Free. We've been spending weeks covering what we are f set free from and what we are set free to, but today we're going to be doing some, we're going to be spending some time uh, discussing what freedom is. We're going to be discussing what it means because there's a ton of nuance with the word freedom. But before we get into it, let's pray before we head into this time of worship. Lord, thank you so much for this day. And thank you for the opportunity that we have to freely worship you. Lord, I pray that you will speak through me in this time, and that you will use me well, and that I will use the gifts that you've given me. Lord, I thank you for your word, both as he was on earth and as we have it now in the Bible. God, I thank you so much for the gifts that you've given us and that the freedom we have through you. In your name we pray, amen. Well, I want you to think about if you have ever gotten detention at school before. That was apparently my punishment of choice when I was in middle school. Uh, I was in seventh grade for one of the scenarios we were in Washington State History class, Mr. Donahue. Class was wrapping up. We were sitting around talking. Some students were doing their homework, but there were just a few minutes left in class. And a student pulls her phone out. Mr. Donahue comes up, kindly reminds the student that phones are supposed to stay in your locker. And he takes her phone away, gives her a detention. But that's not all. My best friend, let me repeat that, my best friend said to Mr. Donahue, Mitchell has his phone on him too. And that was true, but I wasn't using it. It was in my pocket. So Mr. Donahue came up. I tried to convince him it was a calculator. Okay, didn't work. So he took my phone away and gave me a detention. I was very upset. So I went and I served my detention. My mom had to come and pick me up from, from school, but she also had to come into the office so that we could get my phone back. Once she did that, me and my phone would be set free and reunited together. So she came inside my school. She saw me. She gave me that look. She picked up my phone, and we walked away. And once, once she came, I was set free. There might have been a little bit more punishment once I got home, but I was set free from that detention, and my phone was set free from its phone jail. And that's the main idea of this whole series, is that we are set free to live free. It's on all of our intro slides. It's on, it's on our Galatians title slide. It is what this series is about. And it's also our big idea for today that we are set free to live free. And this is super low-hanging fruit as a big idea, but we have reached the apex of this book 
super exciting, but we have reached the, 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 the main idea of this entire book of Galatians right here. Here's the thing. Through this book, we've gone through what it means to be set free from sin, from the law, etc. And we've talked about what we are set free to. We're set free to live freely, to be with Christ, to follow Christ, and so on. But we haven't really defined what freedom is. And that's something we need to do because let me tell you, we are in America and freedom can have a ton of different meanings. It has a lot of nuance. There's a lot of assumed definitions when you say the word. So let's read our passage and then we can dive right in. Paul, the author of this book, is encouraging the Galatians here to stay true to the way of Christ, the way that Christ taught while he was on earth. He's encouraging them to ignore those who are pressuring them or misleading them. But most importantly, he's telling them the importance of Christ and the need that we have for his grace. So let's take a look at Galatians 5, verse 1 through 12. And if you have a moment, grab a paper Bible, grab your own personal copy so that you can make notes, you can go along, and just be less distracted from your phone. So let's take a look, verse 1 in chapter 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by, the, by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. If you want a good conversation topic for after, talk about if verse 12 is approval for sarcasm in the Bible. But thankfully, we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to be talking about freedom. And that leads us to point one. Freedom has multiple definitions. We could talk about this for a day straight. In America, we love our freedom to, I would say, a fault. Since day one of masks, we've heard complaints of people's freedoms being impeded on. There are conversations about sexual freedom, emotional freedom, psychological freedom, and so many more. But the thing is, all of, the, all of these ideas are abstract. If we take American freedom and we look back to the Constitution, there isn't really a clear definition of freedom. And if you think it's clear, I would disagree because people are still arguing about it today. So let's do some defining. John Piper has a great analogy where he takes skydiving, for example. You've probably never been skydiving, but your parents might have, or you might know someone, or maybe you want to. But let's say you want to go skydiving. 
Skydive Snohomish, a few minutes away from here, is one of the best skydiving locations on the West Coast. It's beautiful views, a great airfield, just great area. It's a great spot. Let's say you booked your skydiving session, you packed your lunch, you're ready to leave, but on the road, you hit a pothole and you get a flat tire. You have to call AAA because you don't know how to change the tire. They take a couple hours to get there and you miss your flight time. You have just lost your freedom of opportunity to skydive. Doesn't matter what you want, doesn't matter what you know, you don't get to skydive because you missed. Let's say you avoid the pothole. You make it to Harvey Field, you pull in the parking lot, you tell them you're ready for your flight, and they say, all right, where's your skydiving certificate? Shoot, you don't have that. And I don't know about you, but I would want to know a thing or two about skydiving before I jumped out of a plane. And here, you're missing the freedom of ability. You are unable to do this thing. You have the opportunity, the plane is on the ground, you're ready to walk in, but you have no ability to do so. You're not skydiving. We'll say you booked your appointment, you skirt around the pothole, you make it to your skydiving class, you learn how to pack a parachute, jump tandem, you get in the plane, you take off, and then that door opens. You look down, and you see 14,000 feet of fresh air between you and the ground. Nope, nope, nope. I'm not skydiving. You chicken out, you immediately realize you have no desire to jump. You have lost the freedom of desire here. You have no delight in the act of skydiving. And we'll say maybe you even jump, but you might cry and complain the whole time. And the greatest goal in the moment is to get your feet onto the ground. What if I told you that many Christians live their faith like this? They jump out the plane, but they do not delight in it one bit. They decide to follow Jesus, but for the wrong reason. Maybe they're pressured. Maybe they become a Christian at a young age and don't understand. But this person's heart is desiring something else, like touching their feet to the ground. They just go through the motions, obey the rules, go to church. But they don't enjoy the freedom of desire found in Christ. But there's one last requirement for freedom. Let's say you get to the airport, you train to jump, you get on the plane, you get to elevation, and you are stoked. You're an adrenaline junkie, you're ready for it, you jump. But your parachute, unbeknown to you, doesn't work. You had all the opportunity, you had all the freedom of it, you had all the freedom of ability, you had all the freedom of desire. So to you, it feels like you're free. And it's a mockery to be delighting in that false freedom. And this is what Paul is trying to pull people away from. Because you're not free from what's going to happen in about 60 seconds when you hit the ground. What is so fun, what's causing you so much happiness in skydiving or in the situation of the real world, it's going to kill you. And that's what we've been talking about in this entire book. When Paul tells us it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. When we just jump off the airplane into sin, into that yoke of slavery that Paul is trying so hard to keep us from, when we think we can do what we want, when the, when the Galatians were being told that they can just do it all through the law, when we, ignore, when we ignore the love of Jesus and the grace of him, mistaking it for freedom, we lose the device that will safely get us home, the parachute. And in order to be truly free, the acts you desire and perform have to lead to life, eternal life, not destruction. In the case of the Galatians, this was following Jesus and not the Judaizers. In the case of us, this is following Jesus and not following yourself. And that's our second point today. Following Jesus means giving up your freedom of desire. We are born with the freedom of opportunity and we're given the freedom of ability to do what we desire. Adam and Eve are the very first example we have of this. They were given the choice in the garden to eat the forbidden fruit. And we're given the choice every day to give up our desire for something greater. Paul describes this in a pretty interesting way, but it makes sense if we understand it with the context. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 3, in our text today, he says, Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Okay. Paul says something a little daunting. He says, again, I declare every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. Gentlemen, if you're paying attention to this, you might be thinking, "Uh uh-oh, right about now. But A, you probably didn't choose it yourself. But B, Paul is talking symbolically here. It was a sign saying that you chose to follow Mosaic law. Circumcision is not the problem here, but it's the mentality behind the Jewish circumcision that it is what saves them and is their allegiance to the Mosaic law. In modern language, he's saying if you choose to follow the law as the basis of your faith, you might as well follow the whole entire law and forget Jesus. And this puts verse 4 and 5 into light when we'll read it again. He says, You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. You see, the root of of these people's desire to follow the law is pride that they can do it themselves. They might have somehow made a theological argument to back themselves up, but it was pride at the base. They wanted to do it without the help of Jesus, without the gift of amazing grace. 
to me, following the law and ignoring Jesus seems like having the option to write a paper on a MacBook, but choosing a typewriter instead. And some of you who use PC might be stubborn enough to actually do that, and that proves my point. But being a follower of Jesus means giving up your freedom of desire and doing what God desires for you instead. In Mark chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus tells us, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? This idea seems counterintuitive. It, culture sees it that way. They see it as counterintuitive. How can you give things up and be more free? They, they think it's weird to let just something that appears as just a book tell us what to do. Culture tells us we have absolute freedom when we have absolute control of our lives, when we get to call the shots. And that makes sense. But with what we see here in Paul's letters, he's saying that we are set free when we run to Christ. Just in skydiving. If you're jumping out of a plane, having a great time, but the parachute doesn't work, are you really free? Because in my mind, you are in shackles to the ground that you are about to come into contact with. You're a slave to gravity. Freedom is found in the grace of a parachute that leads you home safely. And boy, that is not easy sometimes. Day to day in my life, there are so many times where I would love to just do what I want. And I'm sure you can resemble with that too. There are so many times where obeying God is a few notches down on my list of to-dos. There are so many times where there's outside pressure. There's people around us saying, just live your life. You do you. Be whoever you want to be. And Paul warns us of them. He says in our passage, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, they will have to pay the penalty. He is specifically talking about people in the church who are misleading others, but this also applies to what we're facing today, where there are people outside pressuring us and misleading us. But I hope that you can understand just because we have what feels like freedom when we get to do what we want, when we choose to follow our own way, it doesn't mean we have freedom. You still might be a slave to gravity. Followers of Jesus have ultimate freedom because they know that at the end of the day, they will get to be in the loving arms of our Father. And that isn't a free license to sin. Next week, we're gonna talk about how this freedom ought to change us and show fruit in our lives. The spirit of freedom will, will give us love, joy, peace, and the rest of the fruit of the spirit. But I want you to spend some time thinking now 
how is the freedom we experience through Christ better than the false freedom that the world gives us? And what desires are we called to give up by following Jesus? But before you do any of that, you need to think about why any of this matters. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your word, the gift that it is to us, and the truth that we find through it. Lord, I pray that you can teach us more and more to make the drop from head knowledge to heart action. Lord, that we can be different, that we can see this freedom that you offer us and and our lives be changed for it. Holy Spirit, work in our lives and give us clarity for how we ought to live. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We can't wait to see you next week for another video.